0: Talk to our hearts tonight. Could we lift our hands and our hearts and let's pray. Father, we invite your presence here now. Lord, it's not about us. It's not about what we want. But we are truly seeking after the will of God in our lives. And we realize that we are counterculture to this world. That our ways and what your word says, Lord, are very, very different from what the world says. And so it takes a spiritual guidance for us to see it and understand it. And we ask you these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Um, now, we have already uh, begun our uh, our lesson for tonight. And we have chosen to entitle our joint lesson, uh Holiness and Scripture, or Holiness and the Bible. Because we are bound by the Word of God to live by the Word of God, to live holy. By the way, every generation has had to live holy in the midst of an ungodly world. It just so happens that the Bible said in the last days that things would wax, that's a King James word, that they would wax worse and worse. So in other words, the world will get worse. That just doesn't mean there'll be more guns and violence and so on. It means that there will be less and less respect for the holy. We all know that, but every generation has had to live holy in its day. And so we have to live according to the Bible in every generation. And so tonight, Sister French is coming and she is going to be speaking specifically on the beauty of holiness. Can you say that with me? The beauty of holiness. And she's going to begin this this off tonight with holiness from God's point of view. And then following her, I'm going to come and we're going to answer the question... Why do apostolics uh, uh, believe that women should have long hair and men short hair? We're going to look at that scriptural tenet for a few moments, so it won't take us long. But I hope that you will reverence it and and, uh, that you will open your heart and that you will hear. And I know that Sister French has some wonderful things to say. Can we give her a hand as she comes and let's welcome our First Lady as she comes tonight. God bless her. The Lord. Praise
1: the Lord. I always love to talk about the things of the Lord and the things that make a difference in our Christian walk. So, God created man in his own image. The image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. God was the creator, he was the designer. Now, let's imagine the Sistine Chapel. Michelangelo puts the last brush stroke on his masterpiece, his creation, and he steps off of the scaffolding, and he looks up to view his creation, and he's pleased. But someone nearby thinks they can improve his work, and they rush up, they take his brush, and they start painting over his masterpiece, his creation. Now, that's ridiculous, isn't it? That's unthinkable. Because only the creator or the designer can say when the work is completed. When God created man and woman, he created a masterpiece in his image. But ever since the fall of Adam and Eve, Satan has been busy at work trying to redefine the image of God. He's redefining beauty. In the last century, we have seen men and women blend gender roles. That's Satan's plan. We've seen the roles in the home become confused, and men don't know how to be men and leaders in the home. And women are being belittled for being at one with a man in marriage and submitted to leadership. So let's see what does the Bible say. We know that God is holy, and the Bible says without holiness no man can see God. But contrary to the voices of this world, holiness is beautiful because it reflects our Creator. Remember, only the designer can say when a work is completed, choose which voice you will listen to. Whose image do you want to reflect? Satan is trying to completely destroy the image of God in this world. He hates it. So we now live in a culture that saves the whales and aborts the babies. The environmentalists are alive and well, concerned with nature and all created things except that which was Made in the image of God. But holiness matters. Holiness is beautiful. Holiness reflects our creator. He is the master designer. So I'd like to look at the principle of cause and effect. Cause and effect is defined as noting a relationship between actions or events such that one or more are the result of the other or others. I'm going to give you some examples. I never brush my teeth. I have five cavities. That's the cause and effect. I ate the whole pie. I gained five pounds. I dropped my cell phone in the lake. It doesn't work anymore. You get the idea. There are consequences to actions. I believe that God placed the disciplines of outward appearance to reflect him because there is a cause and an effect. Holiness is a protection. Immodesty produces immorality. Immorality produces disease poverty, unwanted children, broken homes, domestic abuse, aborted children, gender confusion. The cause and effect of the gay lifestyle prevailing, it would be the end of humanity because they cannot procreate. Trying to redefine yourself with makeup is the effect of accepting the world's definition of beauty, not your creator. When we accept the world's ever-changing definition of beauty, It causes great insecurity in women and men and now has even evolved into body modification. It breaks my heart when I see men and women with tattoos and piercing all over their bodies. Their body was created in the image of God. From the fall of Adam and Eve, there have always been injustices and inequalities in the world. We certainly don't want them to be in the church or even in our world. So we do look for ways to fix them. But every principle, every doctrine, every policy that we embrace must be founded on scripture, the source of all equality and the source of all truth. But Satan is very good at taking a real issue that needs to be addressed and distorting it to spread his agenda. I would like to take a quick look back into our culture and society and show how Satan used an agenda to completely shape, reshape, and redefine the roles of men and women, and redefine beauty. In 1848, the first Women's Rights Convention was held in Seneca Falls, New York. Sixty-eight women and 32 men signed a Declaration of Sentiments, which outlined grievances and set the agenda for the Women's Rights Movement. There was a set of 12 resolutions adopted calling for equal treatment of men and women under the law and voting rights for women. And this was good. And this was good. Because at this time in our nation, a woman had no rights in a court of law. She had no financial rights. A husband could be abusive to her and her children, and she had no rights. If she were to leave for safety's sake, her husband could take her children, and she had no legal rights. And then, of course, she had no right to vote. And those were just some of the issues that needed to be fixed. Change was desperately needed. So at the beginning of the women's rights movement, the main agenda was voting rights and equal treatment. And that was good. 1893, Colorado was the first state to allow women to vote. 1913, Congressional Union was formed and worked toward passage of a federal amendment allowing women to vote. And that was good. But a new agenda emerged in 1921 when Margaret Sanger founded Women's Clinics That Evolved into Planned Parenthood in 1942. Now let's move up to 1955. And the women's movement added even another agenda. The formation of the Daughters of Bilitis, the first lesbian organization. All the children are gone. 1955. In 1963, Betty Friedan, and I'm not sure if I'm correcting her name right, I've read it many times but never pronounced it, published her highly influential book, The Feminist Mystique, which by the way was the feminist mistake, which was to make women feel they were underappreciated, undervalued, and the biblical role of women was ridiculed. The book literally set the agenda for the modern women's rights movement. In 1973, women's rights were redefined in Roe v. Wade as the Supreme Court gave women the right to kill their unborn child. Abortion was legalized. In 2013, the United States Defense Secretary announced that the ban on women serving in combat roles would be removed. So we've come a long way, baby. Modern Western feminist history is split into three time periods or waves. The first wave was overturning legal inequalities. The next two started redefining the roles of women. I want to give a brief insight into the life and agenda of the celebrated Susan B. Anthony, who was one of the founders of the early women's movement. Susan B. Anthony left her Quaker roots to become a Unitarian, And follow the teachings of that denomination by rejecting the authority of the Bible and the validity of miracles. Anthony herself said, and I quote, work and worship are one with me. I cannot imagine a God of the universe made happy but by getting down on my knees and calling him great. When asked why she never married, she stated, If I married a poor man, I would be destined to a life of drudgery. And if I married into wealth, I would become a pet. Obviously, she did not think highly of the sanctity of marriage, which is the foundation of the church and family and society. Now, let's take a look at how the newly defined woman responded. Remember, cause and effect. There are some standards regarding lifestyle and holiness that God uses the pastor to define the boundary. Just as God told Moses to mark off the boundary of where the mountain started, when the church of Israel was told not to touch the mountain or they would surely die. For instance, the Bible does not say thou shalt not smoke. But long before medical science proved the physical dangers, holiness pastors were saying it is a filthy habit and our bodies are a temple of the Holy Ghost. That goes the same with alcohol and drugs. But tonight our pastor is going to open up scriptures and show that the word of God gives very clear roles concerning the difference in men and women. Just as the prophets of old would anoint the head with oil that would run down the garments, we will see that from the very top of our head, our obedience to the word of God keeps protection in our life, in all other areas of holiness. The question of cut or uncut hair on women, long hair on men. The word of God clearly defines the boundary. The word of God clearly defines the boundary. So as I close, I want to show how the redefining and inward changes of the role of womanhood affected outward appearance. And it started at the top with the hair. I'm going to give you the history of the bob. From a history of hair that is secular and not Christian. The bob was first introduced during the Great War. It would eventually cause a revolution in the way women would wear their hair forever. It started in 1915 with the debut of the hairstyle, Castle Bob, named after celebrated ballroom dancer Irene Castle, who had cut or bobbed her hair. The Castle Bob would be the first indication of things to come, the rage of short hair. And now I quote, the free-spirited youth of the day readily accepted the new look and made it the forerunner of many fads and fashions which eventually led to coloring methods. When a woman had her hair cut short, she grew bolder. Soon she began wearing long beads, short skirts, road stocking, rolled stockings, and rouge, an expression that became synonymous with the flapper. The rebellious change in hairstyle was just the beginning of a major change in societal norms and values seen since the 1920s. I want to emphasize, when a woman had her hair cut short, she grew bolder in her appearance and rebellious. Do you see how it all started with the hair? The power with the angels was lost when the hair was shorn. When men started letting their hair grow, the roles were so confused and the rebellion has spread and become much more intense body modification, piercing this intense attack upon what is the created image of God. Holiness is beautiful. It is for our protection. It reflects our awesome God, our Savior, our Redeemer, our Creator. We all reflect an image. an image. So let me close and ask you this question. Whose image do you reflect?
0: Since we are speaking of what the Bible has to say about holiness, I will need my Bible. If you have your Bible, turn to First Corinthians 11, and we are going to continue this now in the symbol of the hair. And Sister French, what a great job. Um, you wrote all of that out, and so uh, I'd like to uh, do that as a handout or something. We'll we'll get that ready for you if you'd like a copy of it. Uh, Sister French writes everything out. I, I don't, so... You can't get mine like that, but you can get hers that way. All right. Now, my subject tonight, as you can see, is long hair and short hair. Verse 15. So I'm going to do something I've never done. I'm going to teach on the issue of long hair from the end to the beginning of the chapter now naturally the logical order would be Paul's own order and that is to start at verse 1 and so on but I'm not going to do that because I'm only going to have a few moments and I know some of you are nervous and uh, you think it's going to be since it's both of us it'll be a long uh, thing but it's not going to be so we're looking here at verse 15 if a woman have long hair it is a glory to her can you say that with me? But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her. So there is absolutely no question that the Bible teaches that a woman should have long hair. That's her glory. It's a glory to her. And just this week, I, I, one of the things I like to do, and I'm going to really be talking about a culturally sensitive issue. In other words, I'm even going to um, I'm going to ask you to think with me for a moment. First of all, I must teach the word of God regardless of what men and women in our culture are doing. For example, I preach against adultery. I know the world's full of adultery. And, uh, and I know that we're in a generation that mocks uh, separation from sexual impurity and so on. I realize that. But I have no other choice than to declare the word of God. And we also made it very clear, I've been talking about this for a number of weeks, that we were going to be talking about separation from sin tonight. That's why we've been fasting. Besides, even if someone did not believe a single word of the Bible or a word that I say, they might have interest in understanding what it is that we believe. They may say, I don't believe that, but I'm interested in what you believe. How many of know that we ought to respect what people believe? I believe that. I don't run around to other churches and spit on church doors with people that don't believe like I do. I don't run into their churches and go, nah, nay, nah, nah. I don't do that because I love them. I care about them. But that doesn't mean that I agree with everything that goes on in every church. And I also know that we live in a world where there's a great deal of confusion and that Jesus is coming soon. And that we must maintain holiness at all costs. And that we must be obedient to the word of God. So, the only way you're going to know is if you look at the word of God and you say to yourself, I wonder if I'm understanding the word of God or not so the first thing that i do when i know that i'm going to be in a setting not necessarily here because i pastor this church and i know all of you love me but when i know that we're going to be in a situation for example we have a lot of people that are coming to our church that are trying to understand why are you all different why do you dress different why do you act why do you shout and dance and why do you cry and why do you baptize in water all the things that they don't understand well it takes the teaching of the word of god to understand why we do like we do and the same is true of long hair and short hair and what the Bible says about it now what sister French was talking about was the cultural changes that have been enormous over the last 100 years and uh, that was very interesting and she does a lot of uh, she she just really does some uh, wonderful studies along that line and But, of course, it matters not what the world does. I mean, it matters in one sense. But it does not matter in the final analysis what the world does, not to the church. What matters to the church is that we know what God says. It's God's point of view that is critical. And so if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her. Well, I'm immediately aware that some would say, well, pooey on that. Uh, I don't care what, I do. you can't tell me what to do and so forth. Everybody knows that. way. We're in that kind of, nobody's going to say, because the preacher said it, that's it. Not, not in these days. But there are those that would say, well, I do believe the Bible. I wonder what the Bible means by long hair. In fact, a lot of people do. And they get so discouraged in a culture where there is so much uh, anti-biblical uh, sentiment. And I don't mean by that, that now listen to me. You're, some of you are going to miss what I'm saying, but it's going to be on tape. All right. It's going to be what I said. It's going to be where well, you can check it. There's so much sentiment, but that doesn't mean that the majority of people are against the Bible. The vast majority of people in this country in, even in the West, Canada and all across the northern hemisphere in this part of the world, certainly and even in Western Europe, there is a tremendous sentiment to try to figure out what has gone wrong with the world. Because they want their children to know God. They want their families to have righteousness and and to make heaven. They don't want to miss heaven. Now, does that mean that everybody's wanting to go to heaven? No, because we're living in a world where there's disrespect. And and I would just say sin is, is quite rampant. In fact, the Bible is being fulfilled before our very eyes. But the fact that people do not agree with us or understand is all the more reason for us to declare what the word of God says. And I'm reading right here from 1 Corinthians 11. If a woman have long hair. Now, the first thing we have to ask is the Bible describing a length when it says long. See, if if it's a length, then all we got to do is get a ruler. In fact, if it were speaking, now think with me for just a moment. If it were referring only to its length, it could have said your hair must be X number of inches long. Long would be that many inches. But, of course, that's not the case. Long hair is something... Far more intricate than that, and far more powerful. If a woman have long hair, it is a glory. Everyone say glory. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here. I didn't expect it to feel like this. It is a glory. I think, sister friends, you got the anointing all over me here. So it is a glory to her. Now, the reason I brought up what I said a moment ago is in my process of trying to talk to people, listen to people. I even got a couple of books of people that said that I don't believe anything the United Pentecostal Church believes. So I wanted to see what they were saying and, and how how they were attacking what I believe. For example, there are people that attack me because I don't believe that a man and a man can marry. I don't believe that at all. I do not. I believe the Bible teaches clearly that marriage is a sacred institution. And they can put me in jail. They can do whatever they want. But I believe the sacredness of marriage comes from the pages of the Bible. And I also believe that if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her. And this man, uh, I could have shared it with you, but I'm, I'm going to go quickly here. But this man was basically saying how stupid it is to say that her hair is her glory. That's what he was saying. How can her hair be her glory? That's what he was saying. So we're going to take a quick look at that. But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her. Hallelujah. For her hair is given her for a covering. Now there is much here. Almost every word that I just read is so in, uh, filled with uh Deep, spiritual things. I mean, no wonder that they have to make fun of it. Uh, I'm going to start with the angels, which is, if you noticed, um, I'll go back. You noticed that each one of the first slides had angels. I mean, they're not real angels. They're just some artists drew them. I didn't draw them, but someone did. Are you laughing at the angels? No? Brother French was good with those angels, all right? I mean, they are a little bit funny. But I really like this. I like this. I've all, I didn't the, my favorite I didn't use because uh, it, it's so common. I wanted to use something a little, a little more fresh, but uh, the idea of the angels watching over the children. I just thought that was an interesting symbol, so I, I, we've used it tonight. But verse 11 here in chapter eleven says... That if we do not obey the scripture on hair, then we are not doing the right thing. Or that it says, judge in yourself, is it comely that, that a woman would, would have short hair? So, so these two verses will link together right here. If a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her. So I'm reading right from the Bible. And her hair is given her for a covering. So we not only have to wonder what, well, some would wonder what is long. In other words, I'll ask that question again in a moment. But also we have to ask ourselves, uh, what is it? what does it mean that she has a covering? Well, of course, it, its it's double meaning. I mean, Paul is using this in several senses. One is that she didn't have to wear a cloth over her head or a veil or a covering. So in a sense it is saying, and I've begun with verse 15, that like some women were accustomed to do in the ancient world, they would wear a veil or a covering. Paul said, God has created woman with a natural covering. And that is that she would let her hair grow long and uncut, as we will see in a moment. and, And that would be her covering. Everybody say praise the Lord. All right. So if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her. I'm going to have to step back. This is going to be the easiest way for me to go. So now we're looking here at the Greek word. We're, we're taking this verse apart here. So kamao, which is long hair. The first thing you need to notice is that long hair is a verb. Now, some of you are, I know you're thinking, oh, Brother French is going to go so deep I can't breathe and so on. But long that she have long hair is not a an adjective see adjective would mean uh long okay short those are adjectives but this is a verb to have long hair kamao which literally means so have long hair is okay not, not knocking that but it literally means to allow the hair to grow that is to not cut it if you how many know that well let's go down here If you cut it, that's the opposite of growing it. Okay, now some people would argue, and I'm trying to be, I'm trying to understand why people would think the way they do, that if I grow it to a certain length and that's long, I can cut it after that. Then I just won't let it get any shorter than a certain length. So some people argue that. And and they will they would say to me well you know Reverend I see what you're saying but long is just so long and 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 uh, I think that's long enough and they can cut as long as they don't get it too short and then I I used to belong to a church like this years ago and and they would they would cut it and then cut it and then they kept getting shorter and they'd say well that's pretty long and that's pretty long and then they finally just said how ridiculous it was because the Bible never gave a length what the Bible said was let it grow that's what this verb means allow the hair to grow had anything to do with uh, how long it was it has to do with the fact that you are in obedience to the will of god a man says nope got to cut it got to cut it up to my head here but a woman she lets it grow how long it gets and whether it's this or that or what color or how long it gets that's between you and god but the fact that you are not cutting it that is the measure but some say oh that, that can't be well then that would mean your hair would grow really long okay now But it's not an adjective, it's not a particular length, it's a verb, to let it grow long. So, um, also long uncut hair then in in this scripture is her covering, which is among many things, as I say we will end with what we just began with, a symbol of a spiritual reality. Now I'd like you to consider that. Now, The Bible never says, and you can like it, you can agree with it. I'm not trying to win any friends here. My hair being cut short uh, doesn't give me any glory. The Bible never associates glory with me cutting my hair short. Okay, so that never does, can't claim it does. But it does associate glory with a woman letting her hair grow. There's a glory connected to it. And in just a minute, we're going to end with another scripture right here that says a similar thing and it takes this a little bit further that when we are obedient to the word of god and we let the hair the the woman allows her hair to be her covering and she sees it as the symbol of her glory there is a spiritual reality connected with it and the question is what is it what is that spiritual reality and i have people that say, oh french come on. what on what, what what are you talking about i this this week I, and i did this on purpose i wanted to to stir it up that let some Let some folks have this sort of idea that oh how what do you mean a, how could there be anything connected to someone's hair going long and then I'm supposed to say, well, uh, and then come up with some answer that explains what that connection is (laughs) hallelujah you know that's just exactly how we like we want the answers we want let me tell you something friends i may not know how to put it in a in in a test tube but i can tell you right now there's something powerful about being obedient to the word of god amen and see some of you aren't following me here and i'm i know that i'm going to have to move a little faster but i'm telling you the fact that i cut my hair that's an obedience to the word of god but it doesn't bring me glory. I'm trying to make. I'm trying to preach to you a little bit. It nowhere does the Bible say I cut my hair short, and therefore it brings me some glory. It doesn't say, but it does say that of the woman. And so, to me, it's a it's a spiritual reality that defies our ability to perhaps define it. I, I don't know. I mean, I could do some guessing and so on, but I'm not going to do it. And so, her hair. In spite of the folks laughing out there, her hair is her glory. Now I know that the specific King James translation is her hair is a glory. To her that's fine I'm not trying to change that but but of course, it's not the fact that she wears something over her hair, but her hair itself for her hair now here we see the Greek uh aute, so this is means to give it to her so uh i, I want to I want you to notice it. I know we could skip over it, but we're we're studying what the what God has to say about holiness, what God has to say about the hair now, what we're looking at here is uh, and, and for all you folks that are going to listen to this that that are not sitting here tonight uh i'm going to say it and i'm going to bore you to death but this is known as a greek subjunctive and i teach greek i enjoy greek and so on but i'm just telling you this is a greek subjunctive and a subjunctive is a can be several things but this is what we're going to call a subjunctive of potential that is to say i have given her the potential the right i have given her the 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 permission, as it were, to do what a man cannot do because a man can grow his hair long. But God hasn't given him the right to. God has said, no, you're not, you're, you're, no, don't grow your hair long. I'm not, I, I've let your hair grow, and I get this all the time from people. They'll say, oh, that's silly, that's just old fashioned, that's whatever. I mean, I hear everything in the world. Folks, I want to tell you something. I believe the old fashioned word of God, and I believe that God's power is as real today as it was a thousand years ago. And every devil in hell can, can rant and rave, but God's word is still true. So men and women both have the ability to grow long hair, but only the woman is given the right to do so. And when she's obedient to it, there is a power that is connected to it. So we see here that her hair is given to her for everyone say for, for which is here auntie, And this is the Greek word for veil it's her hair is given to her. Auntie, which means for or in place of or instead of instead of a veil she has hair and that hair becomes uh, a very very special part of her distinctiveness now we notice in revelation 9 i've never used this before I've, I've felt in the holy ghost to just throw it in here and i'm going quickly i only need just a little bit more time listen to the end of verse 7 in revelation 9 And this is describing uh, some of the uh, events and and creatures that come out of the book of Revelation. Their faces were as the faces of men. Now I threw that in. In other words, I threw the end of verse 7 in there because I I didn't want to throw it completely out of context that if you saw a face it could be very possible to distinguish whether it was male or female by looking at a face. And so their faces were as the faces of men and they had hair as the hair of women which is to say distinct from men. They had the faces as the faces of men. Now that you could tell that they were men, but they had the hair as the hair of women. So there is, the Bible is never shy to show distinctiveness. Now I'm, I want to apologize right now that I've chosen two models who I do not know. I know they're models and they're not your favorite movie star. I know that. These, are, uh, these were taken from a modeling page, so therefore I could use them and then I can discard them. The question, though, I'm asking in this picture is what length is long? Okay, what length is long? If you look at the lady on the left, you might think that's long. But the two on the right have various lengths. They have the front longer, the side shorter. The, it, it's curved. In other words, every part of these two women's hair are cut in all shades of length except long. The lengths are all different, but nothing about those two women on the right have are those. is that hair considered long. The point that I'm trying to make is that when we begin the journey of, well, could long just mean a little bit longer? Okay, if a woman's was 13 inches, if I've just got 12 inches, then I'm okay. In other words, is it just an inch or half an inch or two or three inches? It has nothing at all to do with the length of the hair. The thing that's wrong with these women, and that's why I said these are not your favorite movie stars, These are fashionable women right now. These are taken out of, I I had it in my head. It's right there. I can't read it now, but um, I can't read it on either one. Uh, And these are both taken from the same. This is kind of a new deal. You shave this side of your head and that's very, very common. I can tell you the movie stars that are making this famous right now. And there's thousands of girls that are doing this. My point is this. I'm nothing, I'm not making fun of them. I'm not disparaging them. I'm using this as an example. Can you judge that those women on the right have cut their hair short? See, now, I could have used women because there's another rave right now, and that is to shave women to shave their head bald. And I wouldn't use any of those because they could be mistaken with uh, someone on chemotherapy. And so I said, I'm not going to use that as an example. And I'm only it's the first time I've ever done this. And it is the, the reason I'm doing it is to show that when someone cuts their hair to the head, they're cutting their hair short. And that's what the Bible says for the man to do. Now, I'm not going to be able to go much deeper, but the the Greek word here is the word, when a woman's hair is long, in verse 5, the Greek word here is kata, which means that it grows down from the head. You let your hair grow down from your head. But a man's hair is not to grow down from his head. He's to keep it cut short to his head. That's how you know it's short as opposed to long. The woman's hair is uncut. The man's hair is cut. Well, what if I just a man cuts his hair, just the ends of it, it's still long and he sells butter. Well, that's not going to make it. Because your hair is short when you've cut it up to the head. A woman's hair is long when it is uncut. Her hair may grow clear to the floor, but it if that's how it grows. But she's honoring God with her covering. It is a symbol of her covering. Oh, hallelujah! Now my covering is God. Oh, that's gonna make some of them mad. Hmm. So there we go. Now, here we go. Now, God's view about, about the hair. But if a woman have long hair, it is glory to her, for it is her hair is given her for a covering. That is, it's given to her by God. That is to say, the right to grow it uncut comes from God. If a woman have long hair, it is a glory. What is the glory? That's something we'll have to think about. For her hair is given her for a covering. Now, let's read the ESV. Does not nature... I, now I'm picking up uh, verse 14. Does not nature... Everyone say nature. See, I'm right here. Does not nature itself teach you that if a man wears long hair the esb okay that means it's british does not nature itself teach you that if a man wears long hair it is a disgrace for him but if a woman wears long hair it is her glory for her hair is given to her for a covering okay now let's uh uh let's think for a moment so nature now I, i'm trying to be car- i want you to stay with me i know you think we're never going to get done with this yet yeah, yes we are it's not going to take long but nature see here's what here's what some people try to say that nature is just another word for culture such as um well if the culture says that you can uh beat your kids half to death and do it it's okay because culture says you can do it if you want to watch dirty movies in our culture no problem Just whatever culture tells you. You just do what the culture tells you. Well, I'm going to tell you, my friend, this word hasn't got anything to do with culture. It is talking about the created order, the nature as God has made it. I'm going to prove it to you. Stay with me. Now, so he says it is Uh, I'm going back now to the ESV. It is a disgrace for him. Now, I'm staying with that because the the New Living Translation says, isn't it obvious that it's disgraceful for a man to have long hair? Now, notice, some of you aren't listening. You're not noticing, and you've been fasting so long, you can barely... I know you're thinking, Brother French, if I don't eat in the next 12 minutes, I'm going to die. (laughs) Well, we will see you in the resurrection. Now, stay with me. Now, listen here. Isn't it obvious that it's disgraceful for a man to have long hair? What What did the what did uh uh what did uh, phil comfort leave out this translator from chicago that did the new the new living translation he left out what word nature he just left it out so he decided in fact almost this entire verse is just completely made up he just completely just said what he believed he didn't translate he just said what he believed Isn't it obvious that it's disgraceful for a man to have long hair? Now, every bit of that's true, but it's only obvious. Well, I'm not sure that it is obvious. So that's debatable. He has to defend that. The word obvious is not in the Greek. And isn't long hair a woman's pride and joy? Ooh. So what has he done there? He's... He's told us what the glory is or what he thinks the glory is. He thinks that the glory... Now, look what he's done. You're not even listening to me. He said that the glory that's here, uh, right there... This is bouncing around because I'm starving. uh, The glory... And over here, it's here he's left out the word nature. And here he's said, instead of saying glory, he says a woman's pride and joy. What he's trying to say is that he's weighing in. He's not translating. He's preaching to you. That the glory is your pride and your joy. Well, that may sound good because it certainly is a joy and it's a pride. But that doesn't mean that's what the glory is. The glory could be much more than pride and joy. That's just another way of saying it's beautiful. Okay, now let's go. Um, now, no, no, wait, wait, wait. So, atemiah is the word for disgraceful. And I've waited on that one because here it says, um, uh, well, I didn't even put it in the King James, so, so we're down here. Uh, does not nature itself teach that for man? Were, it's a disgrace. Isn't it obvious that it's disgraceful? Atemiah. Romans 126, I only discovered this recently. That is to say that both of these scriptures are using the same word that's in Romans 126 about homosexuality. I had never noticed it. Never, 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 never paid that much attention. But I got to thinking because someone that was trying to tell me, oh, what you believe, that's just a bunch of... One guy even said, you, you guys only believe that because you want to control everybody's lives. I said, I, I, I want to control people's lives. In other words, if I obey the Bible, then I'm just a control freak. If I'm obedient to the Bible. For example, one time someone told my wife that she I should cut her hair. Remember, Sister French? I was at a university. They were asking me to de- defend my faith, and we were talking, and they said, she ought to just cut her hair. And I said, eh, don't you, don't you. He was insinuating that if she cut her hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh, he should have never said that. Because then it became very personal. In other words, he was going to tell me how I should live my life. Now, if he wants to preach and have a church called the first church of the short hair, he can have it. He can have any kind of church he wants. It's America, the land of the free. But I want to tell you something, my friend. There's glory in obedience to the word of God. When you obey the word, your life is changed. Hallelujah. Okay, okay, let's go. Okay, so Romans translates this word disgraceful, vile. So I'm we're, someone because this very same person I'm describing was trying to say, well, that doesn't mean it's a sin just because it's disgraceful. I said, well, OK, you're really stretching it. You're trying to say that chimpanzees and, and uh, uh, monkeys are, are different things. OK, we I get it. You're, you're trying to you're trying to 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 say uh, you're, you're trying to avoid saying that if she cuts her hair, she's sinning. That's what you're trying to do, and unfortunately, there's no Bible for that. If she, if a man grows his hair long, if a woman cuts her hair short, then she's violating what God's plan was for her life. Therefore, she she's sinning. Anytime you violate the will, word and will of God, you're sinning. The question is, of course, what would that do? What does that mean, and so forth? All right, so let's go on. Ooh, what we already went for. It. Hold on, hold on. Okay, I'm trying to get it to come. Come on, come on. I didn't know it was going to do that. All right. Now, now here we have the guy getting his haircut. I have no idea who that guy is, and uh, and we have um, the word nature again. That does not even nature itself teach us that if a man have I'm not going to go back if a man have short hair it's a it's a, dis, a dishonor to him. All right. And here we have another word, the word nature which i've just explained is the word here greek is phusis which means a created order not culture it's not just another word for what society tells you so if all the women wear long hair good if not doesn't it make so it different just do whatever the culture does it's not just another word for something else all right romans 126 uses the same word now see i didn't know that that's the first time i'd ever noticed that it uses both of these words so now see my brain is saying there is a direct connection i mean if you study greek long enough and you see two major unique words transferred from romans chapter 1 to 1 corinthians 11 then there's a in in the mind of paul there is a connection between what he's talking in one he's talking about the cutting of the hair in the other he's talking about homosexuality the whole chapter is all about darkness and how the world's going to uh, become darker and darker, and homosexuality is going to become prevalent. And so he says, it, it, when he talks about homosexuality, he uses this word to mean against nature. That doesn't mean against the culture. The reason homosexuality is wrong is because it's against nature. It's not normal, it's not natural. It's not what God created the body for. It's not what God created you for. He created you to be holy and to live in His glory. That's what He created you for. All right, so so anyway, uh, da, 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 da. okay, let's go on. Now let's keep going. oh, I'm sorry, wrong, wrong button. All right, now we see. Now, this is, this is a famous actor. I'm not going to talk about it. I used it because this is from a famous film called Jesus of Nazareth. It is no longer the leading film about Jesus because they've recently released a film called The Son of God, and before that, The Bible, and it's uh, one of the biggest-selling Bible uh, uh, Christian productions in, in the last many, many years. But this is a famous actor who played a... Uh, that well it doesn't matter who he played anyway so he's uh he's a priest and he's in the temple and how many noticed that he has a covering on his head yes you noticed it because it's obvious all right now i want to bring it up a man with long hair is shameful the bible says we just read it not a man who puts a covering on his head it had nothing to do with him wearing a covering because there was no such thing as jewish at least jewish we'll stay with that for now jewish men going into a temple or a synagogue and not covering their head that was considered disrespectful to walk into the presence of god and to not use this sign of humility would then of course be uh unheard of and so paul was not suggesting that for him to walk into the presence of god and cover his head that that was somehow horrible and a woman ought to and a man ought not to that's not what paul's talking about he's talking about the hair, a man having long hair, that would be a shame unto him. Now, let's look at the, let's go on to verse 5. Now, I'm, how many C's at the top? H-C-S-B. Anybody know what that stands for? Anybody? Okay, it's another translation. This is the Southern Baptist translation. If anybody asks you, just tell them that's Southern Baptist. They, they'll they say, well, not actually, but but it is. It was uh, sponsored by, it's called the Hallman Christian standard Bible it's basically sponsored by the Southern Baptist that, that's not a bad thing I'm just trying to tell you it's a special translation that's tried to gain preeminence in the last 10 years it's uh not not doing all that great I mean it's not doing horribly but it just so happens that I could use it and not change a single thing that I believe in other words they've translated it fairly close to the original except they wouldn't take the final step and instead of saying covering say hair all right Everybody with me? The covering is hair, but they won't state it in the verse. So I want you to see how it's going to come about. wait! Okay, so it says, I'm going to read. Now, in other words, I am not reading the King James. I'm reading the HCSB. But every woman who prays and prophesies with her head uncovered, that is her, her hair's cut short, she dishonors her head. So what I'm going to do is when they stay with uncovered instead of what it actually refers to, I, I'm going to put it in there. That's why I've changed the color. So every woman that prays, prophesies with her head uncovered, her hair cut short, dishonors her head, since that is one and the same as having her head shaved. So if you're going to cut it, then you might as well just shave your head bald. That's, That's what he's saying, all right? Or, now some have told me, I don't believe it for one second, that if you don't put a cloth over your head, you might as well shave your head bald. I don't see any correlation. That is not what Paul means. That's not what he said, all right? So if a woman's head is not covered, that is long and uncut, Her hair should be cut off for now. Notice I'm throwing that in there. In other words, this is a sensitive in the Greek. In other words, if 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 a woman, if she's cut her hair, if her hair's not long, now it's short, then she should be cut off for now. She should stop cutting it. It's cut. You can't do a thing about it. Leave it alone. That's what that means. That's why I put it in there. That's exactly what the sensitive means. Let her hair be cut short for now. Leave it alone. Don't keep talking about it. Just stop cutting it. But if or since it is disgraceful for a woman to have her hair cut off and her head shaved, she should be covered. She should have long hair. And she should be obedient to God's word. Now, this is a... This is a... um, And everybody say, praise the Lord. We're almost there, folks. Oh, wait. Where'd that come from? Oh, my goodness. I put the wrong... Uh, this is supposed to be a statuette from 3,000 years ago. I'm sorry, folks. I put the wrong picture in there. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, here's the statuette. Here's the statuette. Sorry about that. I had to, I knew some of you would be croaking about Now I thought we'd better do something. So here's what, here's what Kittle's, the most famous of all uh, studies of Greek history says. It is quite wrong that Greek women were under compulsion to wear a veil in public. And these statuettes are proving it. That's the point. There's hundreds of them. Point, my point being that it was Jewish women that wore veils. It was not Greek women. The Corinthian women did not wear veils. If they did, then there's, there, there's no proof of it, and that's another story. The, if they did, is another story. So veiling was not a general custom It was Jewish. In other words, it wasn't the general uh, practice. And it certainly wasn't uh, Greek. And we can skip the rest because that in itself tells the story. Paul would not tell Greek women who did not wear veils, you must wear a cloth over your head. He wasn't talking about that. Now, let's keep going. Let's see if that's all there is. No, there's more. Now, we come to, and I'm sorry I didn't put the, Text there. The text is going to come up next. This is why a woman should have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Can can you read these with me? Because we're almost done. Here we go. What I want you to read is this. Um, this TLFT stands for Talmadge L. French. Okay? So that's why I put it over here because it's so special. Now, here we have the HSHCSB. Let's read it. This is why a woman should have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Okay. Now, if i'm just trying to see if does that help you is that is that did, did the did the southern baptists help us understand better i i don't see how that helps us but this is why a woman should have a symbol of authority on her head there's nothing in there nothing says it's a symbol but but it is a symbol so i i'm not opposed to it but they're trying to make sense of it okay now let's look at the the new living translation out of chicago here we go for this reason because of the because the angels are watching a woman should wear a covering on her head to show she is under authority okay now that that did add some interesting dimensions to our quest for understanding why it is that she has glory on her head for this reason and here's the reason they put a comma right there notice that well we don't have the king james yet for this reason because the angels are watching now, there's not a word. Now, folks, I know Greek. I teach. I'm just telling you, there's not a word in there that says the angels are watching. doesn't say the angels are watching, but they're interpreting it. And this uh, seems to be a common trend of the new living, which, which is great. I'm just telling you that... Uh, uh phil comfort's a great translator i used to work there i know all about him I, I i like what he work he does i'm not i'm laughing because it's interesting that he's thrown in there it's because the angels are watching now if that if that helps you and you think well that may be what it is that the angels are watching i want to tell you something i have no trouble with that if it's because the angels are watching that's good enough reason for me if god said that now there i don't I don't think that's what the scripture was meaning to say. It might be implying it. The angels are watching. A woman then therefore should wear a covering on her head to show she is under authority. Of course, I wouldn't understand the covering to be her long hair. There's just no trouble with that. Uh, If the angels are watching, then they're watching. Now, here's the NIV, which is the second most popular translation in the world. For this reason and because of the angels, see, now that's interesting. They've transposed this. And instead of putting it at the end, they put it up here which is exactly what he did. They're trying to make sense of what does it mean to say because of the angels. What do what the angels got to do with it? That's what they're all trying to figure out. All right? For this reason and because of the angels, (laughs) the woman ought to have a sign of authority on her head. Okay, now here we go. Here's Here's the TLFT. This is a very famous translation. Because of this, the woman, which I assume means because of what we just talked about. Because of this, the woman must have power on her head. That is from her long hair. Because of the angels. See, I couldn't help you either. Now let's keep going. So when the Bible says that it is her glory, and how many knows that the Bible is always true? The Bible is always correct, and we're simply attempting. I, I don't have to know what the angels have to do with it. I just have to obey it. Just like heaven. I've never seen heaven, but I plan to get there. I'm not going just because I know all about heaven. All right, now, uh, I'm going to try to get this to come up. Here we go. So could it mean that we get angelic protection or power against evil? Well, if that's true, now it could be. I, I could have put there that the angels are watching, but, but Phil Comfort already did it, and I'm going to leave it to him to say the angels are watching. And, but then you'd have to ask yourself, well, what does it matter if the angels are watching me? And so you say, well, I don't know. The angels are watching, so there's a reason and so forth. And I'm not knocking it if that's what it is. I want to tell you there are angels. I'm telling you, there are angels in this place tonight. We are in the presence of God, and God is helping us. Because we hunger for His glory, can we just lift our hands and thank Him tonight for His power and for His will and His purpose in our lives, Lord? I know You are good. You will help us, Lord. You will guide us, and You will give us You'll give us the help we need, Lord. Hallelujah! <laughs> Hallelujah! Praise God! Now. I want to make a very bold statement that you, you may just think about. I'm not being dogmatic. I don't even know for sure how I view this. But I'm not so sure that it means that only the women participate in this angelic power. I don't think that's what it means. I don't think it means women have special power and therefore they alone enjoy it. I think it means that the women in obedience bring about this glory in the church and everybody participates in it. I don't think it's just women doing it. I think they bring down the glory some way or another and if it's protection, then I want to tell you something. I want the protection of God in my life. So, so it says protection or power against evil or, uh, I can't seem to get this to work, or is it talking about the role submission plays in the presence of angels, which is similar to our good friend Phil Comfort that we said a moment ago that, that the angels are watching. So is there, is there something about what happens in the spiritual, in the angelic world that we don't know about? That we'll only know when we get over there. I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. Or is it the way in which the angels require her to have her hair long? Okay, so it could be, I'm, I'm suggesting that's possible. Now, here's the King James. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. And I want to suggest that no matter what else it means, it has to mean, that somehow some way her hair her long hair is a spiritual reality i'm going to say here power it's a spiritual power that is linked in some way to the angels and i thank god for that how many times has a godly Saint linked us in to the presence of God. Would you stand with me tonight? I know that we I know you want to go, we need to go, and I apologize for i don 't even know how long i've been i've been so moved by the the anointing of the Lord, but could we just love him all across the building tonight and could we pray for a spirit of revelation to sweep? the hearts of our city and our culture. Lord, we know that we run opposite to our world. We know that the world doesn't see it the way we see it. But I pray that your glory will fill this place. Come on, lift that other hand and let's just give the Lord the praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Oh hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. How many feel a pull of the Holy Ghost to live holy tonight? Anybody feel that in your heart tonight? Praise the Lord. I want to live the way he wants me to live I want to give until there's just no
2: more to give I want
0: to love Love you there's just no more love I could never ever Sister French is going to pray for us. Let's bow our heads together and ask the Lord.
2: Praise the Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight, God. We thank you, Lord, because Lord, we can we can put our lives in your hands and base, God. Lord, the The word of God is always true, God. And if we can take the word of God and apply it to our heart and let the principles of holiness and the principles of righteous living, God. Lord, then, Lord, you can produce fruit in our lives, God, because we want to be victorious Christians before you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we want to live the way you want us to live. Lord, I pray that you would help each one here, God. Listen to the voice of the Lord, God to listen to the right voices, God, not the culture. Lord, help us, God, to understand that your ways are counterculture. But, Lord, help us, oh, God, to submit ourselves, Lord. And, Lord, I know that you want to do beautiful and wonderful things in the lives of those, God, as we submit ourselves to you in the beauty and the truth of holiness. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. All right, you're dismissed. Thank you for being here tonight. God bless you.